this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. <laughs> It's uh, Thursday, 16th February, Year of Our Lord, 2023, and all the tumult and, um, you know, things we talk about every day. We try to talk about the signal, not the noise, to make sure we don't waste your time. There's something very important going on in Wellmore, Kentucky. Looks like a, an awakening or visitation by the Holy Spirit. They, I think the young people have been out there now for eight days plus, and um, looks like it's going to continue on at Ashbury University. We'll get more details of that, hopefully, tomorrow, some on-site. Uh, but it's the great, uh, the great heartland of this country, right there in bluegrass country in, in Kentucky. Uh, not too far away, I want to go to Michael Patrick Leahy, the, uh, the founder of the Star News Network and the Ohio Star. He's got all these papers all across the country. Leahy, this is kind of why you were at Breitbart and doing a great job. The reason you kind of left is to do this, to make sure that you had these kind of local, you're one of the believers. And, of course, all the smart guys in the business now, actually, everybody's following you. You're the first to sit there and go, I think we really ought to focus on local news in these battleground states. And you've been in Ohio. Um, this is uh, it's just outrageous what's going on there, because this is the deplorables. That little town is kind of the, the you just see that is America right there. That is America in the 21st century. And uh, we're going to play some clips here in a second. We've also got uh, uh, Nick Sortor is going to join us from uh, East Ohio. He's covering out there. He's a co-host of the roundtable. He's going to join us. Michael, get get up to get the audience up to speeds. What's the latest in this in this drama that is unfolding, sir? There's a very kind of odd situation. Uh, Governor Mike DeWine has yet to declare it a disaster. There's a process whereby 
uh, a governor declares a disaster, either a natural disaster from a hurricane or just an ordinary disaster from something that's not weather related. Uh, and he's got to declare it. It goes to FEMA and they either uh, accept it or reject it. Um, he's not declared a disaster yet, even though Governor uh, Senator Sherrod Brown, a Democrat, wrote him a letter this morning and said, you really should declare this a disaster. It's it's very odd. He put out a statement from his uh, press secretary today, Dan uh, Tierney, that, well, we weren't getting enough money from FEMA. Well, you have to declare the disaster first. And he's not he's resisted that on testing. He said um, that, well, Norfolk Southern is paying for the testing, so we don't need federal money for that. Are you kidding me? I mean, Norfolk uh, Southern is, according to reports, they're not doing the testing uh, of water in East Palestine unless the resident there signs a waiver. It's just crazy. It seems uh, it seems to me that DeWine has been very, very slow to respond here. And I don't think he really wants anybody else in on the deal. I think it's a big mistake on his part. Well, to declare a disaster, you have to put together the timeline. You've got to actually, when you put the disaster, here's what happened when this is why it's a disaster. He don't want to put any timeline on there. Trust me. They don't want to be, he doesn't want anybody snooping around. He just wants this thing to go away. And if the good folks down in uh, East Palestine have to suffer, then, you know, as long as he doesn't attract more national media, he wants to kick the can down the road. It is mind boggling that you would not make the application to declare this a disaster area, right? And and to have the company doing the, 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 the testing. By the way, if the company wants to test, I have no problem with that at all. Go and test. But you can't rely upon that. You have to have your own independent tests and your own government agencies do the test to compare and contrast. And particularly when they're having the poor citizens there sign a release, and that release is just not, hey, let us come in and test, and if I stumble over a rug, I know it won't hold me liable. No. This is, you're letting me off the hook. You're letting me off the hook for any bad air, anything we find in here. You're letting Norfolk Southern off the hook. No, like I said, it's, it's a, that's the way it's doing. They should put, they should actually ask them to, if they want some aluminum siding at the same time, just take the whole house, right? This is a total con. And the poor folks there, Leahy, this is what I don't understand. Norfolk Southern's got $54 billion. Why were they not at the town hall last night, sir? Well, the the CEO there, Alan Shaw, uh, said that he'd been up there to visit them at some point. I don't recall seeing him there, but we'll take him at his word. Uh, but um, um, they said they were concerned about their own personal security, uh, which seems, you know, kind of weak. But I will, let me add on the timeline. This derailment took place on February 3rd. The governor should have declared a disaster and asked for FEMA relief on February 4th. And remember, the controlled burn took uh, the the control burn of the vinyl chloride took place at on February 6th that's when that big plume went up with all the the, the hazardous materials um and we still by the way do not have a response uh, in over 48 hours from either the governor's office uh governor uh DeWine or from uh, the EPA as to the name of the on-site coordinator there from the EPA who had the legal authority to issue the order to do the control burn um, by the way, this is, I want to make sure we, uh, we go through this. There's a controlled burn, but before there's a controlled burn, there's a controlled release. And this is yes. going to be, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not wrong on this, this is going to be quite controversial. And this is one of the reasons Mike DeWine does not want to send the paperwork to 
uh, higher authorities at FEMA to get uh, for disaster relief because he's got to lay out the narrative with the times and like who made this decision when they don't want that. They don't want a timeline. They don't want the accountability timeline because somebody's going to have to sit there. And finally, we've heard all this theoretical stuff about shards and the temperatures dropping in the tanks and that they came up with some stuff and they had somebody else check it. But so far, we've they've not put anything in front of the public. They could get all of this off their back, Michael Patrick Leahy, if they if they just put the models in front of you, just put the timeline in front of you. Here's who actually signed off on this. Here's who authorized this. They they could be very simple. You could have a press conference and in twenty. You could do a TED talk. You and I could help them with it. You do your Stanford. I'll do my Harvard. They get the bullet points. Boom, and everybody be happy. Okay, I understand it. I got it. They don't want to do it. And the reason they don't want to do it, they kind of made it up as they go along, and they had the company driving it. The company said, yeah, you know, it's, this thing's going to blow up, and there's going to be shards everywhere, right? So uh, we got to get it out of the tank, like, right now. And, uh, oh, yeah, instead of tr- transferring to another tank, let's just burn it. We'll just, we'll just do a controlled. First off, define to me what a controlled burn of these type of chemicals are that are, are once you burn them, they turn into phosgene gas. The same gas that in World War One was so horrible on places like the Somme and these other great battles in World War One that they had treaties afterwards to ban it. Of all the other killing items they had and how they could kill people so brutally, uh, Michael, that the one they had to get rid of was phosgene gas. And that's what they burned and came out of those pits right there, that little trench they dug right there. At, on Main Street and right by the railroad tracks. How does why, why doesn't Mike De, DeWine? Why does he want to put it all into a package, put a bow on it, and send it up to higher authority, sir? I suspect because there's a document that should exist, signed by the on-site EPA coordinator, uh, that should be dated February 6, which says you know they recommend the control burn. Uh, I don't think I think that document may not exist. Uh, Steve, because the EPA is not answering us, uh, the governor's not answering us, uh, it's entirely possible that there is no documentation, even within the state of Ohio, to document who authorized this order. It could very well be that this was simply, you know, a verbal direction given by Governor DeWine at the recommendation of Norfolk Southern. Now, um, at One American News, our, our good friend Neil W. McCabe interviewed Scott Pullen, an attorney in Ohio, and he said just this afternoon uh, that Governor DeWine might possibly have some criminal liability if he uh, issued that order to do the controlled burn without the legal authority uh, required under federal law. Wow. Do we have the, do we have the clip? From, let's play the I got a package right now. Let me play the package. By the way, I just want to make sure because McCabe is good as they come. McCabe's interview, I saw it, I, had, I only had a chance to briefly go over it. The attorney said that if DeWine doesn't have that authorization, there's a potential criminal, could be potential criminal he, charges he said, here? He said there may be criminal liability, although the standard for public officials is much higher than private individuals. Uh, Steve, if you were living in Ohio or anywhere, and you did a controlled burn of this kind of substance, um, you would be in jail right now. Uh, or or I, if I did that, anybody who did that would be in jail right now. But again, we're not public officials. There's a higher standard for public officials. Hold, hold but, on, hang, uh, on. H- hang on. I got that. Give me this again. I, I got to hear that again because this gets to the key point. If you're just some guy and you've got some issue and you're in your backyard and you do it, that 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 would bring a criminal charge on you, correct? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you would you would probably before the 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 sun set that evening, you would probably be in a jail. Uh, and but it's a different standard, right? It's a very different standard for public officials, much higher standard. But as you often say, uh, Governor DeWine, you got to show us the receipts here. I suspect you're right. I suspect the receipts don't exist. And I think I, I suspect what happened is huge pressure from Norfolk Southern uh, to get the trains moving again. Uh, they provided that pressure to DeWine and he he said, OK, let's do it. That's what I suspect. happened. I don't know for sure. But the evidence points Jeffrey, that way. Jeffrey Clark. Jeffrey Clark was the assistant attorney general in the Trump administration for all the environmental regulations. And DOJ plays is actually probably more powerful than even EPA because this is all, you know, regulations and laws. It's, it's quite technical. And Jeffrey was on the show with Michael the other day. And he said, hey, flat out, it's black letter. You have an on-scene commander, and those are the only guys that sign off. This is a federal issue. No, no governor has got any real jurisdiction here because, obviously, the, the stuff gets into the trench. It goes into the river. It goes into the whole uh, Ohio River Valley. You get all those states downriver. It's, it's, the thing's a couple of miles from the border of Pennsylvania. It's, it's northwest. The town is northwest of Pittsburgh. The air will blow right into Pennsylvania immediately. That's why it's a federal—it's interstate, so it's federal jurisdiction. You called— um, Ohio Star contacted the EPA on what day, sir, right. with this specific question? Uh, today is uh, Thursday afternoon. We contacted them Tuesday morning about uh, 8 a.m. Central Time, and uh, they have not responded to us since on it. They obviously don't but they want were nice. to they give said, us the they said, they, they said, they said, well, well, they said, we'll get back to you. That's a good question. We'll get back That's to right. you, right? That would, you would think, I, you would think, Michael, that would be pretty easy. He said, yeah, here it is right here. It's in the file. There you are, Leahy. Get off our back. There's the signature. That's the thing. Isn't it odd that nobody's got, and if you read, the, this is a thing that needs precision. It needs precise language. You read the New York Times, you read, and now that the media has been forced to cover it, it's all the authorities, or then they talk about the company, and they go back and forth. There's no precision here. It's very simple. Give me a timeline, and give me the, the nodes of accountability, responsibility, and authority. That's all I need to see. Boom, boom. Just, just dual track it, and then everybody can understand what, what's going on. And then the Norfolk Southern guys don't have to be worried about their personal security, right? They, 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 everybody knows what happened, how the decisions were made. And, and the key thing, this is like the pandemic. We need to, because we're science-based, evidence-based, database. Show me, show me the receipts. Show me how these decisions were made that have such a massive impact on these, on these good folks in East Palestine, uh, Ohio, who made the, the, totally affected their lives. And I'm not even on the derailment. To me, that's a separate issue. The Federal Transportation Board are dealing with that, the company. I'm talking about from the time the things were off the track and laying there after that initial fire went out. I, we got to see a detailed timeline, a critical path on who was involved, who made decisions, what was the analysis, what alternatives were looked at until we get into the situation. I mean, you got people running around saying, hey, there's fish dead here. They're, they've got chickens dead over here. Uh, you know, Oscar, Pedro Gonzalez, we're going to try to get him tomorrow. He was there today. He said, hey, he's got he's to burn his clothes. Do we have uh, Nick? Let's I'll tell you what, Michael Patrick Lay, just hang right there. Let me bring in a, a Nick uh, Sortor, who's actually on the ground there in, uh, in East uh, Palestine, Ohio. Nick, thank you very much for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me, Steve. 
Hey, listen, and by the way, Nick's co-host of the, of the roundtable. Nick, just give us a situation report. What, what, is, what, what is the latest uh, in between, like, the company, the, 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 the government entities, and then I want to know about the people. So walk us through what you know out there. So this is a quickly evolving situation, believe it or not, especially now that there are uh, good media outlets such as yourself that are uh, putting emphasis on this story, sort of uh, going out and being the people's voice that are here on the ground, right? They were ignored by for at least 13 days now. It's, it's almost 14 days. Um, and then finally, uh, this week, they started getting a lot of grassroots media attention. And then that, that's when the mainstream media comes in. They didn't care about it until it became a, uh, a hot topic online, right? The Biden administration still doesn't care about the situation. They would love for it to go away. And everybody here knows that. Everybody here knows that Joe Biden gives no craps about anything that's going on here or the people. Uh, this is not a friendly area for him politically, right? Um, you've got uh, Pothole Pete Buttigieg, which... People would love to see him out here because they're terrified that this is just going to happen again. Is he going to do anything about it? Probably not. Is anybody going to go after Norfolk Southern? Is the government going to do it? Probably not. And Norfolk Southern knows that. So they're not, they're, they don't come across as being too worried about it. They won't talk to the people. They'll send a, a, a carefully crafted press release out and, you know, act like they're, they're great people. But they are the enemies here, and everybody here thinks that. By the way, the, a, a company that's got thirty-eight billion dollars in assets on its balance sheet has got fifty-four billion-dollar market cap. It's a little down now because of stock. Uh, they put up initially, uh, Nick. I don't know what you're complaining about. They put up twenty-five thousand dollars. They were going to put up twenty-five thousand dollars to take care of any inconvenience you had. That's the heart yeah. of Nor Norfolk yeah. Southern. But are people getting to the timeline of exactly? Who made these decisions? Who made the decision about the controlled release? Who authorized and made the decision on the controlled burn? Uh, who's made the decisions on monitoring? Because it looks all over the map. DeWine comes out there. He's saying one thing. Shapiro's saying another. Uh, Leahy's with us. And, and he went to the EPA. The, the senior guy at the Justice Department said the EPA on-scene commander is the only one to make this decision. The EPA said, that's a great question. We'll get back to you. Crickets. Is the, the folks out there feel that people, either authorities or the company, are dealing straight with them? No, not at all. Not at all. It, it's, a, it's a big finger-pointing game at this point. Nobody wants to take responsibility for this, especially because people now realize that if this happened in the middle of Washington, D.C., they're not going to blow a mushroom cloud into the sky, right? This is something that they felt was done just because the government at the time thought it would be the easiest thing to do. Um, you know, everybody thinks there had to be a better way, right? And, you know, the government tries to justify it as they can, but they don't like to say much at all, right? The, the, the more they talk, to be honest with you, the less people trust them because they end up, they contradict themselves all the time, especially Mike DeWine. He is just horrible with it. Uh, telling everybody it's safe to come back to their town. And then the next week saying, oh, well, you know, you, know, you need to be uh, using only bottled water. So... That doesn't sound like a safe town to what, me. What is, tell me, you're, you're actually there. What does the town feel like? I mean, can you feel some of the damage there? I, we, Pedro Gonzalez calls. He's, we're trying to get him tomorrow. He's saying, hey, I've got to burn my, the clothes I, I wore. Is it, is it as bad as it looks represented for the fish in, in the wells and, and, and the smell and all that? What, give us your report. 
Well, yesterday they had taken uh, about 6,000 fish, actually, out of, uh, uh, out of the, the, one of the streams. The state cleared 6,000 fish out. Uh, there was a lady that I was talking to today that had, uh, she puts out minnow traps at night. Yesterday, she, it's the same lady that you're actually seeing in this video right here. Uh, she, put out, she puts out minnow traps at night. And she typically catches a lot of minnows. She put it. She put it out there last night. Not one. And you don't see anything in there. I mean, I mean, you look at the video, right? How many streams have you seen with rainbows in them? You know, you know, there's a problem at that point. Um, but you don't see a lot of damage, physical damage, that is right. Uh, besides, like buildings that are right next to the railroad tracks, and then you see rail cars and uh, and then vehicles that were near. They're you know they're all done for, but the real damage is going to be seen in 5, 10, 15 years to people's health and, and lives. No, it's the soil, the air, and the, and the water. That's absolutely unbelievable. Right. When you say 6,000 6, fish, are you telling me they weren't 6,000 live fish? They took out 6,000 dead fish? Dead fish, yep. 6,000 dead fish. And that was just <laughs> yesterday. Okay, Nick, you got to help me out here, brother. <laughs> they took out 6,000 dead fish, right? I just saw yeah. the thing. It looks like the rainbow. It looks like the Wizard of Oz, the opening color scene in the Wizard of Oz, right, with the rainbow. Right. Um, right. How, can, how has Mike DeWine, how has Mike DeWine not submitted the paperwork to declare this a, a, a disaster area, sir? Uh, in my opinion, it's because... Uh, you know, when you declare an area safe, you're the governor, you tell everybody it's now safe to go back in. And then you, the people go back in, and then you declared a disaster. Nothing changed since then. You know, there wasn't another explosion, right? If you declare it safe, it better be safe. Because this, this is going to be a political disaster for him. He's backed himself into a corner um, where he's going to have to, if, if he actually wants federal aid, He's he's gonna have to declare an emergency, and you know he he's he's in a bad spot, but he should do what's right. Nick, what, what tell me about the people there? Where 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 are they right now? Just completely despondent and depressed, think nobody's got their back. Even depressed, anxious. You froze, right? Yeah. They're terrified of what's going to happen when the media when the media stops covering them at all, right? If the media is out of here totally, yeah, they feel like that's what the Biden administration is waiting on to hope that it just goes away. And then once it goes away, you know, then this town will just, what they think is it'll just collapse because people don't trust it. They don't want to drink the water. They don't want to shower. Uh, and they don't. Uh, they don't wa They can't wash their hands. They can't do anything because they're, they're terrified. And they don't think it's going to get any better. Uh, Nick, how do people follow you on your reporting on social media? We'd love to, we'll work with you afterwards. We'd love to have you on back on tomorrow's morning show. But how do people get to you Absolutely. and follow you overnight with all the great content you're putting up? Uh, so they can go to, uh, they can go on Twitter and it's at Nick Sorter. Uh, you can see my name down there. It's just the two of them put together. Um, and, you know, I, I pretty much live tweet this situation. And, you know, we uh, we had... Uh, the EPA administrator here who, like I said, didn't say much. And, and so that was live tweeted as well. 
Uh, so, that, But there is a lot of developing information now, given the additional media attention this is getting. You just don't really hear about it much. The, the local news stations come in here. They put it on at, at 6.30 p.m., you know, in, in a, uh, a short time slot. It'd be five minutes, and that's it. It doesn't tell you the whole story. So it's independent people like, like us, you know, that aren't beholden to a massive corporation that are the ones getting this story out and are giving people the real uh, background here. Nick, fantastic uh, reporting, really fantastic, and uh, let the people know. By the way, is there any there good are, are good lawyers showing up that people feel like they're now saying get people there to, to that they're being represented? So there are uh, personal injury, like class action type attorneys that have come to. Uh, there was a meeting at the American Legion here the other day. Um, this, this was before the town hall meeting that you may have seen that had. So like 700 people at it. Uh, and there was a small group of class action attorneys. Uh, but in reality, these maybe they'll come at some point. But I'm surprised that I haven't seen a lot more ambulance chasers than I have. So and, and there are people here asking yeah. for attorneys and they don't know where to go. Nick, great reporting. Look forward to uh, following this and, and having you back on. Thank you so much. Great work out there. Be safe. Thank you, sir. You too. Thank you, brother. Leahy, 6,000 freaking dead fish, right? 6,000 dead fish. I mean, Mike DeWine, this is a disgrace. And by the way, this um, it's, and politics shouldn't have anything to do with it here. This is about what government is supposed to do to make sure they protect people. We're paying a fortune for all this stuff. But to know the, how MAGA Ohio is, and particularly this part, this is Trump country right there. Do you think one of the reasons is not getting the focus is that these are the deplorables? I think that's one of the political reasons why the EPA is not responding to our questions about what happened in East Palestine, Ohio. Um, let me make a political point here. Um, Sherrod Brown is the Democrat senator from Ohio. He's up for re-election in 2024. You notice today he's the one that sent the letter uh, to Governor DeWine, asking him yeah. to declare an emergency. I can tell you this, the biggest pressure uh, for that uh, national emergency, for the declaration of emergency is going to come from Brown because he sees the political heat in yeah. 2024. Yeah. Hang, on. Hang, hang, hang on, Michael. I want you to stick around. We're going to take a short commercial break. By the way, I'm not, I'm not a shared Brown fan, but he is close. he's as close to a populist as you've got with J.D. Vance and Hawley in the entire Senate. That's one of the reasons he's doing it. Leahy's going to be on the other side. Short commercial break. Be back in a moment. Despite the U.S. blowing through $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand, when it comes to fiscal responsibility, it's time to pull yours out. Think about this. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000, and it's only going to get worse. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king because it's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. 
Here's what you need to do. Text Bannon, that's B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of our precious metals specialists. Protect yourself with gold today by texting Bannon to 989898. That's Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text Bannon to 989898 today to get your free info kit. Take action. Use your agency. Friends, you have to be blind not to see what's going on around the world. We're facing worldwide chaos on a whole new level. And it could all hit home really quickly in the form of food shortages, not to mention sky-high prices for basic groceries. That's why so many people are stocking up on emergency food right now. This food stays fresh in long-term storage, so it's ready when you need it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company, and right now they're knocking 200 bucks off their three-month emergency food kit. That's $200. Just go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com to get this kit. Your kit comes packed with delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. Enough to feed one person for three solid months. Be sure to get one kit per person in your family so you don't run out. You'll save $200 per kit by going to preparewithbannon.com, preparewithbannon.com. My Patriot Supply wants to make it affordable for you to protect your family. So don't delay. You get free shipping also. Go to preparewithbannon.com, preparewithbannon.com. Take action. Do it today. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and assure your vital communications stay prior. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com. Right now, that's sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, welcome back. By the way, breaking news. It looks like the appeals court in Arizona has ruled in favor of Katie Hobbs against uh, Carrie Lake. We're going to get the details. That's just breaking. I want to give you the headlines. I want to go back to 
other breaking news. You got to explain this to me, uh, Leahy, because you're smarter than I am. Um, I don't understand this. My, this article you just sent me from from local TV. You got to explain what is the wine doing here. You got you got to help me out here. I mean, what, this thing's a disaster for these people. This is this is catastrophic. What is the governor doing? He's not declaring an emergency and not declaring a disaster. That's what he's doing. Now, I want to add to that. Uh, for uh, a disaster dec declaration, there are two kinds. The governor has to request of, the, of FEMA. And there are two kinds. An emergency declaration for anything, which has a limit of like five million bucks, uh, unless, uh, uh, you, and then if you go over that, you gotta, uh, you gotta go to Congress and tell them you want more money. But the major declaration of a disaster, or like a hurricane, et cetera, there's a little bit at the end of that uh, 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 guideline. You can also call a major de declaration for, wait for it, an explosion. Now, I think there was an explosion there uh, of chemicals on February 3rd, and then a controlled burn that was an explosion on February 6th. So the governor could... Uh, uh, call for a major uh, uh, declaration of a disaster there. He could send it to FEMA, uh, and uh, they would probably uh, not turn it down if he if he did it. But he's got to put his case together, as you pointed out, Steve. I don't think he wants to do that because he has to put the, the timeline and who had authority and decisions he made and what were they based upon. He'd have to put it in the package to 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 take it to the to take it to FEMA. He could declare it, but to get to get it de declared by the federal government or, or I guess um, supported by the federal government to actually get your money, he would have to actually put together a package that laid through everything that was done. And that's not going to look very good, is it, Michael Patrick Leahy? Well, if there is no authorization from the federally designated on-site coordinator from the EPA, it's going to look very bad. And, and the FEMA might say, hmm, this is your problem, buddy. You created the problem, and we're not going to give you any money. Now, that if, the, if he put the declaration in, the political pressure would be there uh, for, for FEMA to, to say yes. But they're not in a hurry, and Governor DeWine is also not in a hurry. Um, you just heard uh, Nick Sorto, who's doing a terrific job out there. The people feel like they've been abandoned. I mean, obviously, we, I'll talk afterwards. We've got to help pull this together because they feel like they've been abandoned. But to a degree, they have been abandoned. And here's what's so outrageous about it. Sherrod Brown's a Democrat and a populist. He's got to get involved here. This is a MAGA state. And and they just had on Fox the other day, they had somebody, one of the announcers saying, well, I just talked to the congressman. He thinks Biden's doing a great job out here. Right? I don't understand why the Republicans and, and DeWine and these guys, this is, this is Ohio. The reason we're even competitive in these presidential elections is because Ohio, we're winning Ohio with a big enough gap, it allows us to spend time and money. It's the opportunity cost. You don't need to be in Ohio. Look at J.D. Vance, the big one we had there in the Senate. And Sherrod Brown should be on the endangered species list. And guess what? He's not going to be because of this very situation there. I hate to take a talk, get down to politics about this, but somebody's got to have these people back. First off, you should just do it as your normal job, right? And DeWine's always saying about you know, how he's all about the people and, you know, with the pandemic and everything like this. This is really outrageous. And I got to tell you, people have to be held accountable for this. The company's got to be held accountable, but also the government officials. And right now you can tell uh, Biden just wants this thing to go away. He doesn't want Pete Buttigieg out there. He doesn't want anybody, any big 
big-time EPA people out there, they want to wash their hands of it. Michael Patrick Leahy, your closing thoughts. Well, my closing thought is right now we need there needs to be political pressure from everyone in the uh, congressional delegation in Ohio, in addition to the Democrat senator up for re-election, Sherrod Brown, to push Governor DeWine to call for, uh, ask for uh, the declaration of a major disaster uh, because of this explosion. It's right there in the federal FEMA regulation. He can do that. Get that to FEMA as soon as possible and get the federal aid rolling in to the good people in East Palestine, Ohio. We're going to get even more involved in this, Leahy. We've got to make this thing happen. This is why you set these great uh, papers up, these great news sites. Uh, you, you were the guy that got the joke first of how important this is, and this is a perfect example. This is kind of a, a example of everything. It's, this is, shows you a nation in decline the, because mm -hmm. the people in authority, quote-unquote the elites, don't care. They don't care. And the people at East Palestine, Ohio, are the ones that fight your wars, build your country, pay the taxes, just want to get along and be left alone, right? In situations like this, extraordinary situations, they want to make sure that somebody's got their back. And the government not only doesn't have their back, it's working against them. And this controlled burn, like you said, if you had done this in your yard or something like that, you'd be under arrest right now. You have criminal charges filed against you. That's what's so outrageous about this thing. And if this was in the East Hamptons, trust me, okay, if this is out there near Shinnecock or in the, in the beautiful East Hamptons, if this happened out there, they would have done, either they would have flown, the top experts in the world have been flown in before anybody touched anything, okay? And that's the injustice, and that's this kind of burning discontent that the American people, because they can look right there and say, that's me, I'm that little guy. This is why Hillary Clinton called them the deplorables. They don't matter, they're, they're deplorable, just they're, they're nothing, they're trash. That's what we treated these people out there like trash, and they're not trash. They're actually the backbone of the country. That's the difference. Michael Patrick Lay, how do we get to all your sites, all your coverage? You're doing an incredible job. Uh, Theohiostar.com, thestarnewsnetwork.com. You can reach me on Twitter, Getter, or Truth Social at Michael P. Leahy. Michael, thank you so much. Great work. Great to be with you again, you know, Steve. I had an entire, I had a, thanks, brother. I had an entirely different show we're going to tonight. I had Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel, Hugh Hewitt actually did a very good interview with Peter Thiel. Uh, this morning. And, and, you know, Peter, uh, this is on China. He got on some very interesting topics. I'll do that. Natalie Winters is going to join me. We're going to deconstruct coming right off uh, Biden's, uh, you know, the illegitimate uh, regime head, Joe Biden's, uh, you know, uh, what he did this fiasco day. I was going to have Peter Thiel off the Hugh Hewitt show. We're going to break it all down, talk about that. Then I was going to roll into some things that are happening, particularly in, I don't think people realize in crypto and in Bitcoin, kind of the surge that got to reach out to the to the bomb thrower. I should call him the mad bomb thrower. Mark Jeftovic up in Canada. Brother, thank you so much for joining us. I want to talk a little bit about, I want to talk about crypto and I particularly want to talk because you, you, you follow this quite, you do so much great stuff. And I got to tell you, I, I'm so appreciative that you give me a heads up on these great articles you write because I, I want to tell the audience, Jeftovic, he doesn't send me a lot, but when he sends me stuff, I'll read it right away. And I got to tell you, within 24 hours, it's up. It's up as the lead story over at Zero Hedge, which is the benchmark for what's hot and what's smart. So uh, thanks for joining us, brother. Talk to me about Bitcoin and crypto overall. Hey, Steve, thanks for thanks for your kind words. Um, what can I say? Bitcoin is off to its uh, greatest calendar year start in its history. 
And uh, I mean, I typically tell my readers, don't pay a lot of attention to the short-term price gyrations of this stuff. We're long-term thinkers, long-term oriented. But when a when a 12% move happens in five hours, like it did yesterday, even I sit up in my chair and when I look back at it, um, it's just, this feels like, um, like a Bitcoin bottom, which is really right on schedule for a cycle that's baked straight into the protocol. Well, I mean, if you look at, hang on, I want, I, hang on. I want, I want to say something. We don't give investment advice here. We do this as much Correct. strategically because it's, we're trying to build alternative economies, which, you know, the public square, we want people to have alternatives, particularly so people don't hate you. But I thought this is what's going to shock the audience. Everything I've read, uh, crypto's finished. The government's going to shut it all down. Bitcoin's dead. Everything's dead. Everybody was a sucker. This is all ridiculous. Walk us through. What, what have been the price shifts here? Um, if you put up the first slide on the assets so far this year, um, we see like Bitcoin is up the most out of everything this year, including oil, including gold, including uh, the NASDAQ. And lately, cryptos have been trading with the NASDAQ quite a bit. And um, in my mind, like everyone, you said, you know, people um, – Badmouth Bitcoin, will the governments allow it? What I always tell people is to invert that. I don't think about this in terms of will the government allow Bitcoin? I think of this in terms of which governments are going to survive Bitcoin. In your previous segment, you talked about a nation in, de in decline. We're, in, we're also witnessing a monetary system in decline, and we're witnessing late-stage globalism in decline. And that's why things like Bitcoin won't die. And not only will they not die... Every cycle, hang on, come hang, back on hang on, brother, 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 the Congressional Budget Office in the New York Times, you know, these are not people with their hair on fire. $19 trillion in the next 10 years. They, they say it's not sustainable. $19 trillion on top of the 32, they get you over $50 trillion. No country, in fact, the, 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 the holding of the public, the public holding of debt at, at the Treasury, at the Fed, is going to be over 100% of the economy. Not the total debt. That'll be hundreds of times the economy. None, no country's ever come. Look at the New York Times today. I've preached this now for two shows. We're going to do it again tomorrow. No country on earth has ever come back from this. And this is your betters. So talk to me about when you talk about alternative and you talk about crypto, w walk me through how this, in your logic, how this is rebounding. Well, it's rebounding for a couple of reasons. Most of the people were waiting for something called the Fed pivot, for the central banks to kind of take their foot off the gas pedal on the interest rate hikes. And they and everyone, and I think correctly so, has been saying the Fed can't keep raising interest rates, to your point, with that much debt out there. But there's another aspect of Bitcoin, which is sort of dovetailing with this Fed slow motion Fed pivot that hasn't really been paid attention to, and that's the four-year halving cycle in Bitcoin. And so every four years, it just means without getting too technical, every four years, the mining block reward for, for mining Bitcoin and, and securing the blockchain, it cuts in half and it creates a supply shock in the system. And because Bitcoin is the opposite of fiat money in that you can't inflate it to nothing, every time this cuts in half, it becomes 
an order of magnitude more valuable. Each unit becomes more valuable. It creates sort of like a buying uh, pressure in the system. And if we look at where we are in the cycle now, it's like clockwork. Um, so what happens is about 15 months before the next halving, Bitcoin starts its rise. And that, I think, is what is happening here even more than the Fed pivot. If you look at that second slide I sent over, um, the next Bitcoin halving is in May 2024, and 15 months before May 2024 is actually uh, February, like right now. And in fact, Bitcoin and cryptos bottomed in December. And then since December, they've just taken off like rockets. We saw the first uh, we saw the first uh, slide the how it compares to the other assets. And then that last table I sent you, this pattern, I mean. Technical analysts will tell you to be wary of patterns because they're not, they're not etched in stone. But the Bitcoin pattern is actually baked into the protocol itself because of this four-year halving cycle. And we see from 2011 all the way up to 2022, we have three up years, a down year, three up years, a down year, three up years, and a down year. And we just had our down year. It just went by. So who, you know, there's another having coming 15 months down the road in 2024 and with all of the other political and geopolitical and financial tailwinds hitting bitcoin we've got governments weaponizing the banking system against their citizens against each other there are even yep. more yep. impetus to get into bitcoin and protect your yep. wealth well we're gonna spend a lot more time on this uh Mark, I want and I want you to give however it gets, but I just got to ask you a question because you're you're also a numbers guy. This it's this will not, this is impossible. This is insanity. This is suicide for a nation. You think we're in managed decline? If we go down this path of the plan they've laid out, which are and I called it 1.4 trillion dollars in a deficit this year, which they lied about, and and this is from the CBO, it's reported by the New York Times, two trillion dollars in deficits in every year going forward in perpetuity, okay? This is financial suicide, and that is going to destroy the, and by the way, the only way they, the only re reason they can get away with this is because they got the Federal Reserve over there, the, they, hit the, the, they hit the button, and the Federal Reserve creates more fiat money. And people think more money, more wealth, it's the exact opposite. The more money the more destruction of wealth. And this is what we're going to get to. This is part of this crisis. You got the geopolitical global uh, war crisis merging in with the financial crisis, just like the 1930s. You're having the convergence of those two right now. And I'm telling you, it's going to be Katie bar the door. Jeff Devick, how do people get to you in all your sites? Because your stuff's amazing. And like I said, when Mark sends me something, the next day, boom, it's up as a lead of, of, of Zero Hedge, which is a pretty good, and that's my New York Times. So how do they get to you, Jeff Devick? <laughs> Well, I always appreciate that. So bombthrower.com is the uh, the main website for the articles. Of, you can get on the mailing list there for the free crypto, crypto capitalist report. And if you want to go straight to the newsletter, just go to the cryptocapitalist.com and hit subscribe and you're there. So, Thank you, Mark. Great work. Look oh, bombthrower on Getter and Stunt Pope on Twitter. I forgot those two. <laughs> Um, I follow him bomb throw on uh, on uh, on Getter. It's fantastic. We'll make sure we get them all up in the chat rooms. Thanks, Mark. Great work. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Always a pleasure. We're gonna. 
you got to look at alternatives. You must look at alternatives. One of the reasons we're doing this for all the alternative economy stuff, all the, remember, stop giving money to people who hate you. By the way, the guys that hate you the most are the guys in charge of this. If, if the same thing you're seeing out in East uh, Palestine, Ohio, this is exactly what it is. They think you're trash. And they're just, you do this. If we do this, if we follow this plan that's laid out in the CBO, your children and grandchildren not only will be destroyed, they will curse our generation if we let that happen. Want to go, I got to tell you, some worked up folks out there in Arizona. Let's go to Floyd Brown of the Western Journal. Floyd, you're, you're the guy I always turn to for all things out west, particularly in the great state of Arizona. Uh, breaking news, the appellate court ruled for Katie Hobbs. Walk us through it, sir. Yeah, so what we know is that uh, the appellate court is as corrupt as the trial court was. And, uh, you know, you've got to pray for Arizona at this point because, you know, we faced corrupt election officials. We faced uh, an unbelievably corrupt uh, system. And now the judges aren't stepping forward. They aren't stepping up and doing the right thing. What we're dealing with is an entire corrupt system. So, uh, what is it? Is uh, it? Know, hang hang on. Is it corruption? Was the ruling? But why do you say the ruling's corrupt? Is it they didn't agree with our facts, or we didn't make the right arguments? Uh, are you well, saying, hey, we had the right arguments, the right facts, and they just, they just, they didn't use the law? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we have the right arguments. We have the right facts. We have, um, you know, I think our fact pattern is absolutely excellent for a case like this. I mean, remember, this is not a traditional lawsuit. This is an election challenge. And um, uh, this election was an unbelievable mess. You know, if I hadn't lived through it, I say this to a lot of people, if I hadn't lived through it myself and seen it firsthand, I wouldn't believe what happened in Maricopa County. I mean, literally 400,000 plus ballots, Steve, wouldn't feed into the machines. They were kicked out. We have no chain of custody on any of those ballots. Uh, we have, um, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of ballots showing up after the election. I mean, the fat case was, was excellent. And, um, you know, I think Kurt Olson and the lawyers that, uh, were involved, did an excellent job. But uh, in the end, these judges are just throwing up their hands and they're saying, you know, it doesn't really matter. We don't care what the facts are. We don't care what the law is. We're just not going to overrule this. And that's there's there's one quote in here. Maybe, maybe we only got a couple of minutes, Floyd, but there's a quote in here. Arizona law recognizes only limited grounds to contest election results for state office. You guys had pretty, I mean, you, you came in and laid out the case within yeah. those kind of verticals. What, 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 you, what is their complaint? Yeah, no, no, we, we did, we, we, we did lay out the case. That's why I call it corruption. I call it judges not stepping up and doing their job. And, uh, I mean, we're, what we are facing, I mean, I, I heard your last segment, Steve, where you talked about how the Federal Reserve and the federal government are spending us into an absolute abyss. Well, you know, not only are those institutions failing, we have these state institutions that are failing. Our elections are failing. And, um, uh, you know, we don't live in a constitutional republic if, in fact, our leaders are selected and not elected. And we know that that's happened yeah. in at least two cycles here in Arizona. 
and it's absolutely outrageous. But I call it the systemic failure, the systemic failure of our basic institutions. And if the judges won't step up and correct things, I don't know what hope we have. Floyd, we got to bounce. I want everybody to go to you. What's your social media and how they get to Western Journal? Well, it's uh, uh, westernjournal.com, or you can find me on Twitter, at Floyd Brown. I'm also on True Social and Getter, at Floyd Brown. So follow me there, and I'll try and keep you updated on this. But uh, what we're we're facing is is systemic failure. Failure. I agree. Maybe we'll get up on Getter late night. I'll talk to you right after this, Floyd. Okay. Uh, boy, had to rechange the show, but man, it was great. Um, I learned so much I didn't know. See you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. We're going to be on fire. See you here in the world. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize That heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.